This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to Holocron Histories, Star Wars canon versus legends. We're going to take a deep dive into the lore of the Star Wars universe. Hello and welcome to the Holocron Histories podcast where we talk about Star Wars canon versus legends. It is good to be back here. I am one of your hosts, Austin, also known as Teacup, back from his long hiatus. I was moving, but now I am moved and back for podcasting. And I'm here with my other host. And it is good to have you back, Austin. Uh, I am Ben of Tamara, your other host. And I I am so excited about the topic we have because today we are joined by one of our patrons, uh, Code Dojo. Hello there. And we are going to go over our impressions of the first two episodes of Ahsoka. Now, when we're recording this, we're recording this literally an hour away from the third episode premiering. So, shame on us, I guess. But we're going to go over the first two episodes because I don't know how you guys feel about the show, but I'm enjoying it. I'm I'm loving it. The, the actors and actresses are knocking it out of the part. The, uh, they're representing the animation characters very well. Yes, I, I agree on that wholeheartedly as well. Um, but let's just kick off with like episode one so you know we first see ahsoka in a ancient tomb and you know and by the way everybody listening this is your spoiler warning we're going to talk about spoilers so if you haven't watched the first two episodes do not listen to this episode okay uh but yeah we she finds an artifact that looks similar from another fandom that um austin is a part of (laughs) i'm sorry i'm gonna pause here that that is an apple of eden it glows like an apple of eden it's got the curves that an apple of eden has it is an apple of eden you know even the first apple of eden contained a map i'm just saying it did just saying Um, let's see oh do i have oh here it is um Watching live, I do have a replica of the movie Apple of Eden from the Assassin's Creed film. I'm sorry. They literally just almost copy and pasted this thing into Star Wars. Like, yeah. I was literally, Shelby and I were literally the embodiment of that Leonardo DiCaprio meme where he's on the couch and he's pointing, like when we saw the Apple of Eden. (laughs) Just whistles like, yeah. Yeah, there it is, there it is. <laughs> but yeah, that that was just like, wait a minute, that looks oddly familiar from something else. And obviously, we're not the only ones that caught on this. Like, if you go online, there's so many memes of this because everybody caught it. It's like, wait, what? And then, <laughs> you know, then we see her... Get out of the tomb, fight some droids. Um, Which you know. were called HK droids. Yep, and 
I have my own little thing with this because I don't know if y'all have seen the update on the Star Wars um, era summary on the Star Wars official website. Not yet. No. They updated the Old Republic uh, summary and officially have had like saying this is the time of war and strife and where the Sith became the order that we see them today kind of a thing. And I was like, okay, they just recently updated this. And then in Ahsoka, we also get the term HK droids. Where else did we hear right. HK droids from? Hmm. I wonder. Mm. <laughs> it's interesting to me because, you know, Dave Filoni has tried several times to kind of introduce KOTOR and Old Republic stuff into canon. Uh, we see Darth Bane, voiced by Mark Hamill, in the Clone Wars, we there's the cut footage of him trying to put both Bane and Revan talking to the son on Mortis, which was yep. cut by Lucas for some certain reasons. But I think Dave Filoni, is, just from what I can tell from his work, is seems to be a big, at least original Knights of the Old Republic fan and wants to bring back some of those things. But I really appreciated the like nod to the HK, and I liked how the droids looked like a logical progression of upgrade from 47 to whatever these HK right. droids are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's interesting. They didn't have any uh, witty comments though, or statements as the, as the uh, yeah, 47 I mean, does. I mean, they well, remember they... the HK 50 droids are not as witty, which is why 47 hates them. That's true. If you play Swotor, HK-51 and 55 can be your companions. And they, I mean, it's, those models are a lot more, have a serious tone and serious, like, focus. Uh, now they do say the term meatbag, like yeah. HK-47 does, because that's more of a nod to HK-47 than anything. But yeah, they're not really as witty as HK-47. And I think 47 and then like the 48 series because in KOTOR 2 they were like those were like what HK 48s I think or like within that hit that same SWORTAR 2 was a long time for me I can't remember it <laughs> it's they're in the same like serial uh before HK 15 where they were a lot more wittier yeah but yeah, yeah, we uh we see HK droids and then we see them explode and it's self-destruct. My God, <laughs> their self-destruct was almost a fr like three what was it? Three or four of them? Four of them? Three three self-destructs. Three self-destructs and it basically became a seismic uh a seismic bomb. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like what? Big explosion. Sure. And of course, we then see our favorite Jedi droid lightsaber builder voiced by the famous david tennant i didn't know back. that until i saw the credits this is david tennant in the credit wait mm -hmm. yeah why he, is he in the credits he, what he voiced him uh even during the youngling episodes in the clone wars mm -hmm. Eddie, i did not know that mm -hmm. so okay yeah um it I also like to point out, he said uh, at one point in the episode he has 75 percent of his original parts yes which means he probably took some damage during the time of the Empire. Now, I would love to see a short story of his perspective of Order 66 and his survival throughout the Empire right, regime. Yeah, that Well, would... like, 
I just wonder if, like, I'm surprised he kind of escapes Palpatine's notice because you think he would... Palpatine's obsessed with, like, the old relics of the Jedi. And I feel like Hugh Young, being the one who trains almost every Jedi how to build a lightsaber, probably has lightsaber designs and secrets dating all the way back to the Old Republic. It's kind of, kind of hard to capture something that's probably constantly on the move or can disguise itself anywhere right. as a as a droid. That's true. But let me think. Right after that, don't we? I'm pretty. We we see Lothal in live yes. action, mm-hmm. which looks beautiful. Gorgeous. City, gorgeous. It looks gorgeous. Oh my god! And then we see. Um, See the Governor Ryder, Ryder, Governor Ryder, yeah. who yeah. voice actor Clancy Brown went, uh, goes on to play the live action uh, mm-hmm. governor, which was nice. Yep. And fun fact, he is the voice of Mr. Krabs from SpongeBob. And Maul, Maul's brother. Um, yes. And uh, Sa- uh, Savage. Savage. Yes. That was it. He is also Savage oppressed as well. Yeah. Well, then you didn't. Well, the senator is also a rebel's appearance as well. The um, the younger guy, mm-hmm. Jai Kel, he's from the early episodes of Rebels. Yeah, yep. he has about what ten minutes on screen. Yeah, yeah, something like that, because he has to, you know, subs substitute for Sabine because Sabine being Sabine. Yeah, now I will say that 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 chase scene when we get that speeder chase scene with the with the uh starships or fighters it looked they look like e wings but I, I don't I personally have no idea what yeah it, it's hard to tell but but the music in that chasing was great mm-hmm. yeah and then weren't they using the specter call sign? Yes, 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 they did use the Spectre call sign on her. I was like, oh, no, oh for, that's a that's a throwback. <laughs> and this is my thing about it is like, and this is really kind of about both episodes overall, but I don't really know how you follow this storyline or how much enjoyment you'll get out of the series if you have not watched Rebels. Yeah, agreed. Like... So I'm watching it with my dad, and my dad's like, okay, this is cool, this is fun. But, like, he's not getting half of what, like, I'm getting. Because, like, all these characters, and I even told him, I was like, majority of the characters you see right now in this show are from an animated series for Star Wars. that you won't, And right. he, he won't watch animation, because he's, you know, not into that. But, regardless, yeah, if, if you haven't seen Rebels, like, Ahsoka would it's it's going to click a lot more if you w- go and watch those four seasons of Rebels because it, there's going to be so many throwbacks and so in like the first two episodes we get a bunch of throwbacks to Rebels yeah mm-hmm. and like I, I think you could follow the plot without watching Rebels I think you could like get the plot for what it is but you are not going to really grab the significance of the things that are happening without watching Rebels. Like, you're not going to understand the significance of when Sabine walks out and that lightsaber turns green and you know, like, what that is. Mm -hmm. 
and you're not going to get the significance of even the art style in this temple that's like modeled after a lot of the art style with the mortis arc like mm -hmm. you're not gonna get a lot of that yep yeah they're they're they did all like i mean and obviously this is dave filoni's show like he's running this oh, yeah. thing so we know he's gonna be bringing so much stuff from his animated shows into this live action but yeah it's it's interesting to see sabine and I mean, I, I I understand why she is the way she is in the first two episodes. Um, she's keeping mm -hmm. her promise to Ezra, which if you don't haven't seen Rebels, you wouldn't know the promise she made to Ezra. But you know, her also being Mandalorian also is an account where you know she doesn't yeah. want to be decorated as a war hero or anything like that. She just wants to be someone who helped out and be done with it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, when I saw the uh, temple and I saw, you know, the design for the faces they had on the walls, I'm like, oh, God, are they bringing the Mortius gods back into this again? That's what I thought, too, at first. I was like, wait, that looks like the sister. And then it keeps going, and it's the same thing, same image. And it's like, oh, okay, I thought they were going to go yeah. the Mortis stuff there. Well, okay. And Soka's pedestal felt like a Jedi survivor puzzle where you have to line things up <laughs> in a certain way. Make sure I it know. looks right. It's like, is this straight up the game or something? You know, it was straight up for a Jedi survivor puzzle or let's keep going. It looks like one of those Assassin Tomb temple puzzles from Assassin's Creed 2. Yeah. Yeah. You are absolutely correct there, too. Oh my God. No, I can't not see that. So I want to speak, since uh, you bring up Jedi Survivor, I want to speak to something. When Sabine opens the star map for the first time before the mm -hmm. droids show up, mm -hmm. that looks like the Colbo Rift. It does. Um, because not like obviously we, oh, we don't yeah. get a name drop so far in the first two episodes we haven't got a name drop of like where this leads. We all the only thing we know from episode two is like so, so supposedly it leads to Thrawn. But well, they say it leads to another know. galaxy. Correct. So, but does that and in, go into the whole going to um Cobalt Planet? History. Oh, what was it called? I can't remember what it's called from Jedi Survivor. Tantalor? Tantalor, thank you. Um, yeah, and I think it. there's a lot of things that might lend to, you know, Jedi Survivor kind of ends on a dark tone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, we have this magistrate, this lady, um, Morgan, or whatever her name, Morgan, or whatever it is. She um, is a night sister, which previously we have been told that the only night sisters that survived the purge of Dathomir would have been Asajj, and her story ends sadly later, and then Marin. So, who is this person? Did could this Inquisitor, this Merrick Inquisitor, be Cal? 
Ooh, shoot. Oh. oh, now you're throwing theories. I never even uh, I, dreamt of seeing. Oh, I don't. Oh, I don't. Mm. I, I don't want that. I don't. I, I don't think it. this. I don't think that I don't won't think happen. That's going to be the case but, because no. I think they want, they want a third Jedi series game. Oh yeah, and I oh, think yeah. they have one in development. And I don't think that's the route they're going to take. But it, there were some things that made me go like, "Ooh, is this where they're going to go for here?" No, I, I can't remember which book it is. I think it was one of the aftermath books, one of the short stories they have inserted in there is that the Night Sister clan that was destroyed during the Clone Wars was the biggest clan on the planet. There were several other smaller clans on the planet, mm -hmm. but that one was the biggest and most powerful on the planet. Look at this. Patrons teaching us stuff. <laughs> I think, and not 100% sure, but I hey, think we, it's... We can't Aftermath read all books. the books. There's too many. Oh, I, I, I don't read. I listen. I listen. Yeah, I, I do audiobooks too, rather than actual like <laughs> reading the books. Half but the like, now. it was really cool to see Night Sister Magic in yes. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. The little green flame from beneath the little sphere. And then like, okay, does the whole so Balin and his apprentice? going on to like the new republic ship or whatever did that not scream like something similar to like phantom menace at first like when obi-wan and qui-gon first entered into the separatist ship and do the whole thing a, a little bit a little bit Quiet and Obi Wan got sent to a room, and then were tried to killed. Yes, the the, the uh, these <laughs> Jedi's were like you know the, oh, these guys no were just Jedi. straight up confronted, saying, <laughs> "I'm calling your bluff. You guys are Imperials. You're not real Jedi. Blah blah blah. Arrest them." It, he Captain even states, "You're overconfident in your abilities to sell this pitch," mm -hmm. but the captain was overconfident in his ability to read that situation. That's true. But and then during that fight on the ship, he uh, Balin wounded a lot of people. He didn't necessarily kill them, but he wounded them. That's true. It, there's one scene where he slashes the leg of one of the uh, security guards. And when Ahsoka shows up on home one, you could see survivors of the ship on home one being treated. So, and, and this is where I think it comes to like. So before the show launched and when they first showed off, like everybody got confused with their lightsaber colors being more of an orange tint, like orange reddish tint rather than pure red. Yeah. Um, And I think that's where we're getting like now watching the show kind of like with Dave Filoni. Oh, there's a reason why the their saber colors are like what they are. I like they're dark side users but I believe Balin still upholds some of the teachings from the Jedi Order. And we do yeah. see that. Yeah, in the second episode, he kind of mentioned something about that, but that's for when we talk about the second episode. Yes, which will be after the mid-break. Um, but yeah, continue with episode one. Um, seeing Sabine and, you know, live action's great. Seeing Hera in live action is Yes. I yes. And what well, chopper was in episode 2. 
more than one. Yeah. 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 We'll talk about uh, the war criminal droid here in, <laughs> after a day of it break. Sorry, go ahead. Did Austin... Fr- oh, no, Austin didn't freeze. <laughs> Sorry. But, yeah, um, episode one, I'm trying to think on top of my head. I probably should have made notes for this. I don't know why I didn't. Um... Uh, when it came, when it's revealed that it's a nice sister temple mm. on on the planet where Ahsoka was, I was surprised that I was like, wait a second, when did the Night Sisters go and build <laughs> temples on other on planets? Diff- that's on planets. not Dathomir. Of course, Ahsoka called it a stronghold. The uh, Lady Morgana called it a temple. True. Yeah. Which, in my mind, is like two different things. But anyway. Yeah. Um. That and then also, it is also revealed in like episode one that so I cannot remember the droid's name, but he had he he knew Balin because he knew like there was only one Jedi in the order that constructed that uh the specific lightsaber he he had, Yuyan or something something like that yeah and then um his apprentice her design is completely unique to where like obviously he had no records because she wasn't trained out of the order yeah he said that it's designed similarly how he been has been teaching young ones but he's never seen the specific one before right i find i find that interesting that well if it's a jedi then we can use the lightsaber as a unique fingerprint for the jedi Yes, yeah, um, with him being around, yeah, he can just like give me a hill. I can, I can identify whose it is, um, which is very helpful. Um, with, I mean, also with very few Jedi left, it also is very helpful. But um, yeah, it's it's episode one gets it's really nostalgic if you've watched Rebels. Uh, and it's also very good for the introduction of the live action versions of these characters and seeing like so in in episode one we do get the mention as well that Ahsoka and Sabine were master and apprentice at one point. Yeah. Which I know so many people I've seen so many people online talking about this, how like Supposedly, they're possibly retconning Sabine being a force builder or whatnot. It is stated, and I will put the record on here. It is stated in Rebels when she's training with the Darksaber. Kanan specifically says the force resides in all living beings as lo- and you can wield it as long as you're open to it. Her being Mandalorian and being the way she is, she closed herself off from it. So essentially, right. she she's she's she can anybody could wield the force as long as you're open and willing to listen to the force. So it is kind of a retcon and kind of not. Um, you have to have a at least according to the Lucas model, mm-hmm. which will take established in Phantom Menace. Everyone, I'm just gonna say the word, and everyone can <laughs> roll their eyes <laughs> in there, and then move on after it. But the midichlorians. Where the eye, everyone roll your eyes. There you go. You got it out. <laughs> you have to have a certain level of midichlorians in your cells 
to be able to wield the force versus being sensitive to it. I think that Sabine has, there is a reason there's only ever been one Mandalorian Jedi, and it's because that the Mandalorian culture doesn't lend itself to a force user. Right. Um, it's yeah. it's just how how the culture is, which I think is an interesting concept in like, the idea of like is the the ability to use the force to use the psychological term is it all nature or is it also nurture like you gotta it's an interesting concept to bring in and it's a widening of the force that i think is interesting but the idea of but it's also an, an interesting thing of like do, is the force what makes you a jedi certainly helps it certainly I mean, helps I, I, but I it doesn't matter i mean you could follow the jedi teachings and not be a force will i mean we get that in rogue one yeah i think but like even cheer it in way he mm. has a little bit of force sensitivity right because there's no way he could like you know dodge and take all the guys down right. in that entire film without having but, some sort of sensitivity <laughs> Well, he, he he grew up near a force tree, so I'm guessing that kind of helped him a little. That's true. I I come into this conversation a lot, actually, in regard to Assassin's Creed, and I always state, like, you know, there's arguments to be made that, you know, like, oh, these newer games aren't Assassin's Creed games and you don't play as an assassin. But, like, Cassandra, and I don't want to get too anything, it's like, what makes someone as an assassin is it the hood and hidden blade or is it the adherence to the creed the adherence to protecting the innocent and protecting the free will of humankind is that what makes them an assassin versus the hidden blade and the hood and the blending and all of that stuff what actually makes you an assassin i think the similar question can be like what actually makes you a jedi and I think with the existence of dark side force users and the order of the Sith, it lends the case that what actually makes you a Jedi is an adherence to the Jedi code. Okay. So not being a bully with your force powers. Yes. True. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... As much as we like to do that walking around as Revan and KOTOR. <laughs> that's yes, that's true. That is very true. Um, but and then uh, we do see a live uh, a live loaf loaf cat, which yes. by the way it is an animatronic just like how Grogu is on set. That is a legitimate like on set loaf cat. It's not CG. Yeah. Was the one in Mandalorian CG? Um, the loaf cat. Yeah. Um. I don't know if that one was CG or not. They didn't. I don't know if they've ever like specified. Uh, I would imagine it might be. Or it might not be. All I know is the one they like, currently using is an actual animatronic. Yeah. I mean, if I was on, if they had shown us live action Lethal and not shown us a live action Lothcat, I would have been very upset. That's fair. I was almost hoping for a, a live action Lolf Wolf, but. Yeah, that's that good. Asking that, too that, much. That that one we might. I mean, if we ever get that, it'd probably be well later in the episodes. Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. I think that the Loth Wolves, Ezra left on the Pergales, and they're like, "Okay, bye." Our homeboy <laughs> left. 
we're uh, disappearing back into myth. Goodbye. Right. Yeah. Um, you see the drawing of them. Oh, that's true. You do see the uh, they're on the morrow. Yeah. So, and then um, I can't remember. Does Sabine have her fight with uh, what's her name in this episode? Yes, she does. Okay. And this is the other the the other thing that a lot of people I, I've seen get a little heated was where Sabine gets stabbed. On, on so she gets stabbed on the side of her abdomen to where there's like no vital organs. Yeah. So and yes, she survived. And I understand people was like, okay, what's the whole point of people getting stabbed recently and surviving from a lightsaber? But you have to realize okay. lightsabers heated plasma that cauterizes your damage to where you're not going to bleed out. <laughs> yeah. So and, what about Qui-Gon? And quite so, and I did watch, it, I did it, see a video. So Qui-Gon where, uh, where Maul stabbed Qui-Gon was right in the center of his abdomen to where it's going to go through two major, you're like your main pipeline in your body and major, um, spine, blood, your spine and blood vessels. And quite possibly the heart too. Yeah, it depending on where well, it I, was. And this is my thing because I'll have to go back and watch it on how high the lightsaber thrust on Sabine was. But it was it like, like almost it, belly it button. Like it was almost belly button level. Yeah, it was pretty low. So there wasn't really many like there was no plus, major organs right there. I was going to say because it looks like it went through her lung sometimes. Like it would have gone through her lung. Yeah, if you saw like so in episode two when you like see her in the hospital and see like actual where she got stabbed, it's pretty low in her abdomen to where there's really right. nothing there. Yeah. And also, and you're right about the cauter the cauterization because like the reason why they say don't pull out if you're stabbed with something, don't pull it out, is because it's actually stopping blood from leaking out by being stabbed in there. And so, and you might wreck other organs on the way out. Right. But like with that cauterizing, there's not a lot of bleeding going on. Um, but I also saw this thing about Qui-Gon that when Maul hits him, that would actually kill him. Oh, from break blood, his like, nose. like from uh, blood yeah. force trauma. Yeah. I mean, uh -huh. that's also possible too. And then. Here, here's another thing. If I could step in real quick. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Qui-Gon was part left on the floor for several minutes without being medically treated. I don't know how long the force gate or ray gate was closed for, but he was left there for several minutes. Meanwhile, Sabine, Ahsoka was right there within seconds of after right. she was stabbed. With her ship, which I'm assuming has medical supplies. Yeah, so I'm guessing that was also a big difference. Yeah, with uh, yeah, Qui Gon, who knows how long he was there in Obi Wan's arms before even help arrived? Because God forbid them anybody going down to where they were. Yeah, and then you also, know, there's Reba who stabbed on the side, whatever. And then I know a lot of people looked at the Grand Inquisitor, but the Grand Inquisitor is a completely different species than the human. So their atom anatomy is, for all we know, is completely different. Um, just saying also it's a story yeah, that's true too <laughs> it, it, the, the survival fictional characters death, <laughs> right. there is a narrative design that dictates who lives and who dies versus it's not a like 
called the force oh the strongest power level <laughs> wins no there is a narrative that they're trying to tell plot armor yep and you can also you know have the debate like well the force takes who lives and dies yes in some way so there's that but yeah that that was season that was episode one so i mean we get a lot of really good nods we get a lot of see animated characters in their live action format um like it's Uh, yeah but i also want to point out that when sabine takes the map from ahsoka and is driving along the freeway you see a probe droid go back to the apprentice yes that that reminded me that was the fan yes that was the phantom menace thing i was that was popped in my mind it was like wow that was a nod to darth maul from tattoo also can we "Hmm." talk about ahsoka being mad at sabine taking the map acting like she wouldn't have done the exact same damn thing when she was like Yep. I was like, I'm sorry. What did you do during the Clone Wars again? How many rules did you break? How often did you listen to Masters? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> it's called karma. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like she has no room to talk because, it, and it's and Hera catches on that too. In that mm-hmm. conversation, it's like, um, what about you and your master? And it's like, well. Anna can never finish my training. It's like, no, 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 no. You can't. Don't pull that BS because, regardless of finishing your training or not, you directly disobeyed him countless times. So, this is just another. Maybe we talk about this in the mid break, but I want to talk about Hayden Christensen and his rumored casting in this. So, remember that for after we get it done. Okay. And then. But uh, that being said, we probably should take our mid break. just thanks so much for your support all our patrons if you'd like to support us on patreon and come on these episodes you can go to patreon.com slash holocron histories and sign up on patreon there and come and support us and come hang out on the show if you can't support us on patreon we get that great way to support us is to leave us ratings and reviews on apple or spotify i i've been gone a long time ben do we have one to read we don't have any for um apple let me check the patreon or not patreon the spotify spotify that's the thing So, yes, we have one from 12 days ago on our last, uh, the last episode we posted, which was the Tatooine Part 1 for Legends. Uh, you have a good podcast. Thanks for the non-boring stuff. Thanks from the Ghost Rider. Well, oh, thanks, yeah. Ghost Rider. <laughs> I'm glad it's not boring. I am too, because that's, we like to do this. <laughs> Uh, you can also come hang out with us on Discord, on the Cups Podcasting or More Discord server, or the Robots Radio Discord, or Ben's Discord server. We're both on all those servers under the same names. You can find us. Come hang out with us. Come talk, talk Star Wars with us. Come talk Ahsoka. 
we both have i believe you also have spoiler channels for yes yep things so we'll just make sure you go in the spoiler channels to talk about ahsoka and yeah you can do all of that and hang out with us you can check us out on our other shows, which mine too are the Assassin's Creed Lorecast and the Dragon Age Lorecast. I almost forgot the name of my first show. So that's how we're going, all this. Um, you can also check me out on the latest episode of the Mass Effect Lorecast, where we talk about the recent Bioware news. Um, it's for oh. those of you who don't know about Bioware's layoffs and the future of this franchise is so if you're a big bioware fan go take a listen and we offer some insight some potential tinfoil hat theories and other reflections on that and that's a great kind of place to check out yep and you and can then, yep and you can find me on my two shows uh the wizard world lore cast and the final fantasy lore cast uh and you can also check me out on the current episode of the patreon chat for the witcher lore cast and the soon to upcoming uh elder scrolls lore cast which will be recording this upcoming thursday so by the time you hear this episode i will be recording that night for elder scrolls so join us there it's a lot of fun um we we do a lot sometimes too much (laughs) yeah all right well i think that's all i got for the middle up oh, we also go live every tuesday on at uh, eight o'clock eastern 5 p.m pacific on ben of tamaria twitch.tv slash ben of tamaria you can check us out there we go live there also ben streams sometimes games you can check me out on the cups twitch tv slash the cups pods i sometimes stream now that i have moved into a house hopefully streaming will become more frequently uh but no promises just Hey, that, maybe. Yep. I mean, I uh, hopefully here in the future when I get my own place, I'll be able to stream a lot fre- more frequently too when I don't have other people in this house. But anyway, um let's get back into more Ahsoka. Okay. We're back. And you had something about Hayden Christensen and his yeah, I just, and we can talk about it later, but I just wanted to hear, like, how do we think he's going to appear? Because we know that he's confirmed to appear in this. We do. And so if you watch the last, I think it was the last trailer they did before the show premiered, they had a clip of Hayden in live action. But if you noticed, he had his Padawan braid, and that is literally just a scene from Kenobi. But you right. hear he's just he's talking uh, in the background. If anything, either he's going to talk to Ahsoka through the Force, or maybe Sabine, for all we know, or he could yeah. appear as a Force ghost. I personally, I don't know how this is going to go. Uh, I don't know. Is it going to be like a kind of like how Yoda appeared to Ezra in Rebels season one, or is it going to be more of an actual like? interaction like how obi-wan has with qui-gon at the end of the kenobi series like right. i, I and really i don't wonder, know i wonder if it's going to be a thing of like and again this is more of a conversation for after we talk about episode two but just more of a thing of like ahsoka coming to terms with what happened with anakin's life because the way it is is like she does not want to talk about him 
like in the end of the last episode when Hera mentions him, she is kind of like just like, well, this like mm. she does not want to talk about his fate and who he became or what he became. And even to Luke, like it when she mentions that he's a lot like Anakin, she says it almost from a place of pain, not a place of like remembrance. Right. Because, I, go on, Kojo. Uh, it, she didn't get that satisfaction at the end of episode six of seeing Anakin turn back to the light side. Mm-hmm. Luke could have probably told her he returned to the light side, but she never saw it for herself. Right. And I feel like, and this goes back to Clone Wars and this into Rebels. I feel like she as a character is she feels like she's partially guilty of his down uh to the dark side because she left him Mm -hmm. in a pivotal moment of his life and then also she comes back by the time he turns to the dark side and if she would have been with him and stayed with the order things she i would imagine in her head things would have played out a little bit differently but nonetheless, that's I, I felt like he would have turned to the dark side regardless, because that that was that's his fate, that was his destiny, right? So, and yeah. yeah, she just hasn't come to terms of what was not in her control to begin with, and I, I'm I'm sure we'll get that in the series, but um. But yeah, episode two, we get um we right see, off the bat star map. Yep, right off the bat, we get like the legitimate live action star map that we you can go and see in Kotor. Yes, <laughs> which again looks like the freaking Kobo Rift. Like, yep. and on top of that, they say, "Oh, Balin asks, oh, these are." like ancient what who made these structures oh an ancient alien race from another galaxy literally the first thing that came to mind was ricotta the ricotta yes like i i don't know but any the, of like i know a lot of people say was are, are they part of our galaxy it's like yes but it doesn't mean they in legends but it doesn't mean they can like change them to where oh they came from another galaxy and they had their infinite empire come into the galaxy we have for star wars this is the first time that we get mention of like a broader universe that's also true yes outside of this galaxy that we've been in for 40 years in, in legends if i remember correctly they try to go outside their galaxy but just find a barrier there and there are a few openings somewhere in the galaxy where you can exit the galaxy, but they just decide not to bother to, to try and do it. And this map is showing the exact spot where you can exit the galaxy. Right. So we've got we've got basically three major like ancient societies or empires in current Star Wars that this could be about. We've got whoever settled Tantalor and built all the structures that were in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got the Rakata, the Rakatan Empire, 
the infinite empire no yeah infinite empire infinite yep yeah infinite empire and then we have the zeppo empire all of which we knew had some kind of like galactic overlord both the ricotta and the zeppo were kind of galactic overlord types of empires yep so it's gonna be interesting because i mean granted we're we're going to find out who who made these star maps in the series i would i don't doubt that we won't find out um i'm kind of banking on the ricotton because then that means it's going to be another connection to the kotor series to the old republic and knowing Dave Filoni and knowing how he likes to put in things from other from legends into canon, I wouldn't doubt that he would do that. Though they could do what? something like Zepho, like bring something in from the Jedi series. What if the Ricotta were not the ones who built the Star Forge, but rather they found it? Ooh, that would be something cool too. Mm. See, I mean they can do so much so much with the canon and like change things up just to make it different um um i am really hoping that they have not resurrected the star forge mainly because it is it's kind of a macguffin or like and uh it is but it would be I, i would have to say it would be a good plot point to how the first order got all the tech yeah. they had is because of the Star Forge. But who I don't we don't know um if it's gonna be that or not. It'd be cool to see it, but like I don't yeah, know if they'll Star... go that far. <laughs> Star Forge was more Revan's thing. True. Yeah. And, and there was only ever reported one of the Star Forge. Mm-hmm. And you know how they're it's either a remake or a remastered of Kotor they're making out, but it's they a, put it's it a on remake. A, so that's, but they delayed it. Yes. It, so they did delay it because side tangent here. It was delayed because um, they changed developers for the game. It was originally Aspire making it, but they weren't making making the ends meet of what Disney and Lucas uh, Lucas Games wanted them to do. So it changed to Saber Interactive, and Saber's been making games for twenty plus years. So that's why it was delayed mainly. Uh, but, on top of that, they did announce uh, with the project things will they're going to keep it as similar and as this almost the same storyline, but they are adding more to it and changing things up to. And from what I'm guessing, and what like from the info they, the little info they released, it looks like this game will be a canon game. Yeah, that's my point. What if they part of the reason they delayed it is that way they can lay the found uh, foundations for the old Republic series with some of the more modern stuff like with Ahsoka and the Mando universe. Oh, and we also have that Dawn of the Jedi movie that's going to be coming out, which yeah. is set well before the old Republic series. But yeah, with the star map, it, everyone automatically thought you know Kotor. Yes. And it's straight like, up well, they're, 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 they delayed the KOTOR game. Maybe they're going to make that canon and they need more time to lay the foundations for that game. That, well, and it's interesting. This is the first like map of like that map shows other galaxies. Yeah. In the background. 
it, it was hard to see though right and that's just i mean it'll be a big endeavor and i know the force is that but like we know so little about any other galaxies in our own universe yep we know their existence but that's about it <laughs> and when it shows the far off galaxy when Thrawn is it's encircled by what looks like pergils around the galaxy yeah. oh I didn't ever I didn't notice that but it, it kind of looks like pergils so I'm wondering if there were if whoever this empire is followed the pergils through hyperspace from one galaxy to another hmm. because right. the last time we saw Thrawn and Ezra they were on a star destroyer being sucked into hypersites by Pergils. And now all of a sudden we're being told, hey, they're in another galaxy. The only explanation of how they got there is the Pergils. True. It would also explain, like, if Ezra and Ahsoka get caught up in this other galaxy, it would explain why they're not really around for the rise of the first true that's also true and i think that's a big question that needs to be answered because i think if there's not a good reason why she's not there it kind of diminishes her character a little bit that she would just sit around and not be involved right yeah um i mean so Force Awakens, timeline-wise, so Ahsoka is in the same timeline with Mandalorian, which is five years after Return of the Jedi. So there's still 25 years up to the uh-huh. events of Force Awakens. So within that 25 years, something happens to- with Ahsoka, but either something to do with another galaxy or something to do that's going to be with the upcoming film with... um Oh, uh, what's the... The t- it's based off the throne heir, heir to the heir empire. The empire um for that film so maybe something happens devastating in that to where they either either go to another galaxy in that film we don't hear from them ever again or they perish one of the two yeah and it um, would make sense if Thrawn is like dealing with this other culture or whatever because he had an obsession with like cultures and artwork and like ancient things like that yep yeah Ooh, but... what if he met the ricottons it's possible cool. but anyway uh anyway. on with the episode uh so yeah we see the star map we see more balin and his apprentice whose name escapes uh, me. shin something yeah yeah um we see you know actual like Night Sister magic a little bit in this episode with um, the Night Sister uh, uh, Morgan um, using the star map and using her magic to activate it. Um, trying to think what else we get. We see um, you know Sabine talking to the Jedi droid, talking about, "Oh, you see, you kept your lightsaber." I was like, "Have you kept up on your training?" No, she Obviously hasn't. Obviously not. And then she's like, well, and that's Ezra's lightsaber. He's like, oh, I see you made modifications. And because of those modifications, this is now your lightsaber. And if you actually look at her saber, like, look at the saber, she actually did change the emitter and partial of the hilt. 
Right. Yeah. I saw that because it looked almost when I first saw it, I was like, that's not Ezra's lightsaber. That looks like Jaro Depaul's lightsaber. That's what my thinking too, because the emitter is exactly like Jaro Depaul's. And I was like, wait a right. minute, that's that's weird. I was like, oh, Can you, you saw the like <laughs> and then um you know then we have ahsoka and hera go on their little mission to uh well, Corellia. Before, be, well before oh. that they're in the hospital and this is one of my favorite lines they're looking at the hk droid's head and she's you know doing a little thing trying to figure out its origin and hera says well go ahead hook it up well if i leave it on too long it's gonna explode and the jedi droid's like wait what Hera's like, okay, yeah, sure, go ahead, do it. Yeah, you say that because you're a hologram. <laughs> right. He's like, are you saying that because you're a hologram and you're not in the room when it explodes? Hera's <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, on. oops. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, we see the HK droid head right then on there on Sabine's table. But uh, And then, yeah, Hera and Ahsoka go on their little side mission to Corellia, which is the first time we see Corellia in live action. Uh, Or is it not? No, Han Solo, the Solo film. Oh, Solo, we do see it in Solo. It's like 20 minutes in the Solo film, but... It's the opening sequence. I've only seen that film once. (laughs) So, sorry. But, but yeah, um, we get a broader perspective of it. Yes, where, you know, they go on their little thing. We see Chopper finally in this episode, which yes, I love that little war criminal. And if you can actually, like, understand him and technically Chopper threw the F-bomb. Oh, I he didn't did. hear that. He, he say did. what the F, like, in his little droid speak without saying for... it when he's looking for <laughs> yeah, the tracker. <laughs> yeah he's like did you use my stuff yeah also chopper chopper says well just shoot it down i can't shoot it down it's gonna crash into the city and you hear him say is that a bad thing (laughs) and it's just so funny that if you've watched rebels and then go and watch the show and like listen to chopper you can actually comprehend what he's saying (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> at least i can like it's kind of scary it's like i can actually understand what the story is talking what are you gonna say austin sorry my dog was forgot um i was just gonna say just about chopper is like everything i wanted out of that little droid in live action um r2 will always hold no, he will never be overtaken as my favorite droid in all of Star Wars. But Chopper comes a very close second. Yeah, like the comedy, the the, the com- comedy we get from him, just the interactions he does with characters, and how in this current Star Wars universe, Chopper has the most highest body count. Yeah. Yes. Good. So and, there's that too, and, and I'm sure we'll see more war crimes in this series. Yeah, and so, I like. No, you go ahead. I like to point out while in Corellia, when they're with the administrator, just walking around. Uh, Hera asks, "Well, were they employed during the time of the Empire?" It's like, yeah, it's they're still workers. You know, an Empire just doesn't become a, new, a republic overnight. You yeah, still need which, to have people working, which is kind of ironic. Is because the Republic became the Empire literally overnight. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, it's interesting because so I don't know if either of you have read the book Bloodlines or Bloodline. Uh, I think so, yeah. With Leia. It's, yeah, it's Leia's story and kind of like basically how the first order really comes on the scene a little bit. And basically the whole thing about it is like the new republic is basically just making the same mistakes that the old republic made. Mm -hmm. And Leia kind of like calls them out on it and is like, no, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know, like, there's this other force out there. But she gets discredited because a political opponent releases that she is the child of Darth Vader. Yeah. Yeah, That ends her political career right there. uh Mm Uh-huh. And so it's interesting that we see this in the New Republic. We're kind of seeing this, like, Basically, yes, it's now the New Republic, but a lot of the same people are still in charge. Yep. And we see mm-hmm. this directly, like, really clearly in Mandalorian Season 3, mm-hmm. where, like, yes. they don't help the Outer Rim whatsoever. Oh, we're scarce on resources. Like, really? Are, really and they're, are not part of, <laughs> they're not part of the Republic, so we can't give them priority. Right, which is the dumbest thing ever. But then, um, yeah, we see, you know, Chopper, you see the tracker, we see the Phantom 2, which is really cool in live action. Now I want to see the full ghost. ghost. Now now we've seen the ghost in live action. I just want to see it more on screen and actually in combat on screen. Is it just me or is the Phantom look a little bit bigger than its uh, animated counterpart? Uh, Well... I think that it's interesting because this is the Phantom 2, which is the one they get from the Separatist droids that they find on that episode, which contains one of my favorite quotes in all of Star Wars, which is when the droids are saying, Roger, Roger, and Ezra just goes, who's Roger? Yes. Gets me me every time. (laughs) Who's Roger? (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, comparing, like, to the Phantom Phantom 1, it's like, super tiny yeah yeah but that would make the ghost huge because it has to dock in the back of the ghost well the phantom 2 docks well, yeah. in the back of the ghost yeah, that, I, yeah that's what i mean i think the ghost is like on par size wise with the millennium falcon if not bigger yeah. mm, maybe i don't know the size I, I i i would actually have to like look stuff up for that i mean if we really think about it like the ghost is the same like class of of like starship that the falcon is that the mantis is that the razor crest is in these like cargo freighters basically true yeah and those are big ships like really big ships that's a good point but um we also see the mysterious merrick inquisitor um which I I went back and looked at the credits multiple multiple times because I didn't think this was like real. Under additional voices, Sam Witwer. Yes, I think this is just Dave Filoni mm. giving Sam a chance to be on live Merrick, action. Merrick does grunt, and that's the only thing we get from him is a grunt, and a lot of people are suspecting. It's like. Was that Sam Witwer because he's credited? Oh my gosh, they're actually going to do the scrap idea with Starkiller being a different version of Galen Merrick? 
It's like, mm, no, I, th- I, I don't I think know. it's just, I think it's just Dave Filoni working with Sam Witter because Sam Witter has worked a long time with Dave Filoni. Oh, oh, I know. Oh, yeah. And He's so those two are like, close. Like Dave Filoni is like, hey, I got this unknown inquisitor. Do you want to come and do body work, stunt work? Or yeah, that's probably true. He. It'll be really interesting who he is um he could just be a random person but true he seems loyal to balen uh no no the other the morgan morgan yeah mm. yeah i was wondering who who he was employed by either by balen or by morgan but this is the thing if balen's been kind of mia under the radar because he's not really like, he's a dark side user, but he doesn't behave like a Sith or an Inquisitor. But it would make more sense for Merrick to be under the employ of Morgan because she was Empire. True. That's okay. That's true. Yeah. yeah that's that's also there. Um, yeah, it's gonna be interesting, like to know his character, what he. Because I know a lot of people think, oh, what if it's Ezra? And it's like, no. In my personal opinion, it's not Ezra because that would really destroy his whole character arc he had in Rebels. The whole dark side stuff. That would completely diminish that. And another thing, one of my favorite shot scenes is when Ahsoka just casually leans to the side and the Inquisitor, (laughs) the helicopter blade just just flies past her. Yeah. Eh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I was like, you have literally fought Sith and General Grievous, and you're like, you are a punk ass. I can beat you with my <laughs> bare hand. <laughs> literally. That, that, is a, that, that is a point, though. It looked like she was having trouble with this particular Inquisitor. Yeah, I think that's... it was the droid with her, because if they are truly HK series droids, and if we want to take this, HK-47 was programmed specifically to kill Jedi. Mm-hmm. And so it, as HK, at HK series continue on, they would probably continue some of that programming. But also it's canon that Jedi have a lot more trouble fighting droids than they do living creatures because they can't really anticipate their movements. Because so the droid probably they're non-living beings because they can't. Per- when a okay. Jedi fights, they essentially, if they're fighting a human being or any living being, they sense their anticipate their moments through the Force. They can sense them or their movements through the Force. With droids, it's just like, yeah, nope. That I mean, that's why the Clone Wars was just like there was a heavy bat. I mean, not only because like. The Republic didn't have an army, but they were fighting all droids, and Jedi. The Jedi didn't know how to fight droids until the Clone Wars happened, and when they had to adapt. Yeah. So. But yeah, that and then yeah. you know, then at the end of Episode Two, we got uh, Sabine and Ahsoka finally, like uh, Sabine finally getting donning her armor, getting her uh, cutting her hair. And to finally like go and find Ezra slash Thrawn. Yeah. And 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 um 
announcing to Soka, calling her master. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah. I, I, would, I would like to drop one last subject real quick. Yeah. Eye of Scion, the hyperspace ring. Mm-hmm. It's like, when I first saw that, I was like, oh my God, they're bringing the hyperspace ring back. It's like, no, wait, that is huge. Mm-hmm. Is that is that supposed to be for a Star Destroyer? Yeah, um, I'd, I'd imagine for a giant ship, Star Destroyer or something, but... I mean, uh, it makes I mean, sense probably it... would be to Star Destroyer because they were making one on Corellia or it seems like they were building well, something it that would, size. It would make sense because they're taking a Super Star Destroyer hyperdrive. It would make sense that they need a lot more power to get to another galaxy than just around there. I mean, it takes a lot. I mean, and hyperdrives take a lot of energy from the ship. I mean, it's why TIE fighters don't have one. It's why, you know, there's a lot of things that these starfighters don't have hyperdrives because they need to be fast and mobile and hyperdrives take up a lot of energy and space. True. Yeah. But but when I first saw that, I was like, oh my God, they're bringing back the hyperspace ring. Yay! <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. This show's going to be bringing back a lot of stuff from the prequels and Clone Wars and probably in a lot of Legend stuff. I can already see. Just from these two, first two episodes, we're, we're going to get a lot of nods and like callbacks and additions to the canon. It yeah. is interesting that it is playing out similarly. Like, it's hitting similar like kind of plot beats that Jedi Survivor is, and, like, this plot is kind of a race to this unknown, far-off world that holds, like, the answer to something that you've been searching for. Like, it's a similar plot beat and plot motion arc as Jedi Survivor, which I find interesting. True. That is, that's also true. So, who knows? We might get a live-action character from Jedi Survivor. Doubtful, but... If anybody <laughs> if if it's anybody from the Mantis crew, I want to see Grease in live action. Rather than Cal. I'd rather see Grease. With his robot hands? Yes. I want them to go to his bar. Okay. <laughs> that would be cool. But right. I think that's all we got for this episode. We are at our time limit. Um, is there anything else you want to add? Austin? No, uh, I think I'm good. I'm just glad that these episodes are an hour, unlike the previous 30-minute slots we were getting. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. But, uh, Kodojo, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me on Discord on, as Kodojo. <laughs> there you have it. No projects or anything? No, no, just an average guy who loves Star Wars. Cool. Well, you know where you can find all of us, um, me and Austin, on our this show, our respective shows, uh, on Patreon shows of other shows on the Robots Radio Discord. So, and yeah, just come hang out with us on Discord. We have a lot of fun, mainly talking about Ahsoka right now because it's that good in my opinion. But we just hit, we're just just at the baseline of the iceberg. We haven't gotten to the tipping point yet because 
I think this ep- I think this series is what twelve episodes, I think, or something like that. Twelve. That's more than eight. Oh. I know it's more than eight episodes. Yeah. Um. Be prepared for potential filler episodes, people. Dave Filoni loves his good old filler episode or his side story that he likes to throw into these. So just be prepared. If we get an episode that takes place on Coruscant and has nothing to do with anything that that just know that it's come it might happen like just be prepared if we get a filler episode it better be a chopper episode <laughs> that's all i ask that's all i ask <laughs> reliving all his war crimes <laughs> just give me a chopper episode i'm sold done don't care choppers in droid therapy going through droid ptsd <laughs> yep but uh anyway uh that is all we have for this episode Thank you for listening to Holocron Histories, and may the Force be with you. Thank you for listening to Holocron Histories, Star Wars Canon versus Legends. You can find us on the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net. You can also follow us on Twitter at SWHoloHistories, and contact us at holocronhistories at gmail.com. Hi, I'm Aaron. And I'm Ariel. And we're the hosts of the Legend of Zelda Lorecast, a podcast about all things Legend of Zelda, from Errol to Zora, and all the fun things in between. If you're ready to dive deep and learn more about the Legend of Zelda lore and everything surrounding it, come join us on Legend of Zelda Lorecast. You can find us on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever else you get your podcasts. We hope to see you soon.